On today's Question of Faith, are there Catholic celebrities to whom I should pay attention? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I'm Mike Hayes. I am the Director of Young Adult Ministry in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damien Ferenc, Vicar for Evangelization. And I'm Miguel Chavez, the Director for the Office of Missionary Discipleship. And let's get right into this. Are there Catholic celebrities to whom I should pay attention? So we all have the same question here. Do you mean celebrities who are Catholic, or do you mean Catholics who have risen to the level of calling themselves a Catholic celebrity? So we thought we'd do both. So are there Catholic celebrities that you like, Miguel? Yeah, you know what? It's funny. I don't follow a whole ton of celebrities uh, myself, but there are some that I, I, I do admire quite a bit. And I, I know, Mike, you, you had sort of went through a list. Um, so I, I, I know Bruce Springsteen is uh, I mean, the boss. He's a, he's a fellow that certainly has, uh, has had a tremendous impact. But I can think of, of uh, different stories in my life when I have either experienced, witnessed, or I, especially working at the college and university where some students would bring up certain celebrities mm. and maybe there was something that was said or something that that celebrity did that was meaningful and they connected it somehow to their own life of faith, uh, particularly if the celebrity was Catholic. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I, I look at and I, you know, I think of some of the key people. I mean, in Cleveland, Mark Wahlberg, you got you got to bring him up, right? Because uh, there's there's such a he's such a a, a great role model in many ways. Um, I think it's interesting looking at the intensity of his uh, of his regular daily regimen and how it, sometimes the prayer and everything is sort of wrapped into that. So it's he's, interesting. He's like Mario Ancada. He gets up at 4 a.m. to yeah. work out every he's morning intense. and he goes to Matt. Well, he doesn't, he's like Kobe. He doesn't go to mass every day, but he does visit a Catholic church every day, mm, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, when Mike had texted me about this question, that's, that was the distinction I said. I said, so are we talking Bruce Springsteen here or are we talking... <laughs> What, like Bishop Barron? Um, when it comes to Catholic celebrities, I think the most impactful one to me was Pope John Paul II. Mm. And because in some ways he was the first to really take advantage of travel and media and just working a crowd with his background in acting. Um, you know, he was a playwright and a poet and an athlete and all that. And I, going to World Youth Days and just seeing the way that he bantered with young people, I thought, well, this is, this is pretty cool. He's he's doing it effectively and he's got my attention. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm a huge Springsteen fan, but not because I look to him to teach me Catholic dogma and doctrine, but because I'm very interested in the way that his Catholic formation has influenced his art. I've written right. on that Um but and I, I I've mentioned this before. There's a I have a litany of of uh, musicians who are Catholic and artists that I pray for by name every day. Go ahead, go for it. Do it again. Oh no no no! I'm not going to do it again. Can't you want me it. to? Yeah sure. Okay. For those who didn't just, listen the first time, I did it on the way in this morning with my rosary. Okay. Bruce Springsteen, Patty Griffin, Gillian Welch, David Rollins, Connor Obers, Josh Ritter, Ryan Adams, Willie Watson, Annie Clark, Sean Marshall, Sean Rao, Parker Millsap, Lady Gaga, Madonna, Ariana Grande. Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift's mom, Miley Cyrus, Lana Del Rey, Wynn Reaver, Britney Spears, Jack White Jewel, John Bon Jovi, Steven Tyler, the guys in 21 Pilots, the guys in Walk the Moon, the guys in Guns N' Roses. And if I forgot Willie Watson, I meant him too. Right. There you go. 
You put me great. on the spot. I wasn't ready to do that. That was good, Father. No, thanks. You know, to, to, Not all of them are Catholic, by the way, but a lot right. of them are. Yeah. Like Ariana Grande, Lady Gaga, Madonna. I have these little pairings I put in my head. I have a quick Lady Gaga story. So she went to um, a church in New York, and she was so moved by the homily that she went up to the pastor and invited him to her parents' restaurant for lunch, for, for Easter lunch. Oh, that's And great. took a picture with him and put it on Instagram and tagged the parish, and it crashed the parish's server. Oh, wow. <laughs> kidding. Her name? Stephanie, is that her give a birth name? I think that's or right. Joanne. Well, she had an album with Joanne. Maybe it was her. I think aunt's that's name. Yeah, yeah, I think Joanne. That's Joanne. Yeah. Well, to, back to, to Springsteen. So I, I had a class a number of years ago, and one of the students in the class, we were they were talking about um, some of the the images of faith, or, or and he gave a beautiful presentation on Bruce Springsteen, and, and he looked at a couple of his songs and talked about the influence. That young man wasn't Catholic. He 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 entered RCIA after the class, and now you know he he became a Catholic. You know, it's so funny how you think of how whether it's a, a small lyric or something else, the Holy Spirit's working. Mm-hmm. You know, the band U two has had a pretty profound influence in in my life, and and they you know are very dedicated to causes of social justice. They make an effort to uh, really give back in all the things that they do. And uh, they played at Fordham on Edwards Parade. It was on Good Morning America. And that was the one thing that the president of Fordham, Joe McShane, at the time, decided that he was really going to push forward to the students and said, look, we wanted to give you the experience of the best band in the world, but we didn't just take any bands. He said, we wanted to take a band that was really dedicated to things that Catholics care about. And he goes, and you too has really been out there with all of their promotion of social justice efforts. And he goes, so it really makes a difference, not only um, when you do it, but when artists do this and push it forward and put, put these things out there in their music, he goes, that makes a really big difference. And that's why we had them come here today for, for all of you. And the yeah. students like really reacted to that. So it was great. John Paul II met with Bono back in yeah, 2000, right. Jubilee year. And it, what, this picture was not released until after the Holy Father had died. But when Bono came in, you know, he has those glasses. He doesn't just wear them for show. He has some eye issues. And they were pink tinted glasses. And the Holy Father's like, let me try those on. And he put on Bono's glasses. And they have a picture. And, and when Bono went on, I don't know if he's on Conan or Letterman, he mentioned this story and, and, and Bono said, but the Vatican wouldn't release the picture. And shortly after the Holy Father died, the picture was up. I think I saw it in Rolling Stone. Maybe we could yeah. put it in the show notes. I'll find um, it, yeah. Let me say this too. Like This is one of the, the dilemmas of liking Catholic artists because I really like you too. I've seen them three or four times in concert. When Ireland was considering a new, uh, a new abortion law. They were for the abortion law. I wrote a piece on that saying how I was disappointed because it wasn't consistent with mm. their social justice efforts. And some people were saying, I can't believe you even listened to that band. I still like the band. I yeah. still think their music's good. There's things I disagree with with Bruce Springsteen too, but I can separate the art and the artist and recognize what's good and lift it up and then offer critiques too. I think that's what we do as human beings and that's yeah. okay to do that. Absolutely. And I think that's sort of what the question is asking in the end is like you know who's a trusted source right like who who are people that we can point to and say hey yeah they're they're really good catholic folks right and some people are always going to fall short of that right and Mm -hmm. and so you know discernment is really about taking what's valuable and then leaving the rest you know are there things in people's lives that we find valuable that we can point to and say yeah that espouses our our catholic tradition and then there are, are there things that 
don't espouse our Catholic tradition that we can sort of leave behind. So, yeah, that's not part of what it is. That even happens within, you know, so-called Catholic celebrities, too. You know, you don't agree with everything that certain people say all mm-hmm. the time. You're like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I think for people like us who are full-time professional ministers, we have to be interested in everybody and what the yeah. conversations are that are going on and then help people discern and have conversations through things. Um so I, I I listen to a wide variety of voices, whether it's on YouTube or whether it's podcasts or the things that I read, because I want to know what people are talking about, what's yeah. being said, recognize what's true, good, and beautiful, and uplift it. And then from time to time, throw a caution out about this and that. But I, I think there's a tendency when we get divided to the extremes to not talk to each other or listen to each other. And that's when there's severe breakdown. And I think Pope Francis is called to be a synodal church and to listen to each other is a pretty important part of figuring this business out. Yeah. You know? When you first had this question, the first person that came to mind was a saint, actually. So I'm glad you said uh, Pope St. John Paul II, because the first guy that came to my mind when I think about the 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 celebrities that sometimes we 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 not only follow right uh, but you know we sometimes imitate uh i think of like andre Bassett up in canada you know this little brother who you know was not a man of of large stature by any means but you know he he had an impact he was an influencer in his own time and you know people people sought him out they wanted to be near him there was a joy that just seemed to radiate from him to the point that after towards the end of his life he needed like three secretaries to go through all the mail he got and then over a million people showed up to his funeral you think well this guy's a rock star yeah. right and he was just a little brother who was joyfully present at the door i mean there's there's something to that and that's it's you know was he perfect no one was perfect right Right. But these are the people, these are the, what we should imitate in our own walk. So similar to Andre Bissett is uh, Solanus Casey. Yeah. He's a yeah. Capuchin, um, a Capuchin friar who was not a priest. I think he was a uh-huh. lay brother and his whole job was a porter. He just answered the door. That's yep. it. And he showed great kindness, compassion, understanding. People like talking to him. They were they like to be listened to by him. And he's a wonderful model for a saint. So yeah. the word celebrity uh comes from a word meaning to be celebrated. And in the kingdom of God, it's not those with the most power, fame, or wealth. It's those who are most Christ-like. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's an important thing to keep in mind as we move forward. Like Everybody is called to be a celebrity because God celebrates the fact that we're all his sons and daughters, you know. But look at the images, though, that were just proposed here. It's Andre Bassett, Salinas Casey. These were not – they were not our stereotypical, what we would think of as celebrities, right? They were mm-hmm. lowly in many ways. Mm-hmm. They could easily be passed over, right, unnoticed even. But they they mm-hmm. they joyfully took their place and, and, and fulfilled what God had called them to do and captivated hearts through their own presence and their own ministry to, to reveal and to draw others into an encounter of Jesus. Man, that's, that's powerful stuff there, right? Yeah, or if you think of like a – a Dorothy Day or a Mother mm. Teresa, in Catholic celebrity, in the Catholic celebrity world, these are not people walking down red carpets. But right. Dorothy Day's got her hair pinned up, or Mother Teresa's wearing her sari, and just being their true selves, which is one who is in communion with the Triune God and living a bold life of Christian witness. That's it. Yeah, and it yeah. looks a little goofy and scary sometimes, but it also is 
it's cool and it's weird and it's it's lovely. And there's something attractive about it. I know you mentioned Bishop Barron. It's so funny. I mean, at the university, he was I mean, everybody listened to his his YouTube or watched his YouTube videos, and especially those who were not Catholic. I was always intrigued. So, what's drawing you to watch these? They were short. Number one, they were what at most ten minutes. But they they said, well, number one, he's real. There's something mm-hmm. when you encounter someone who's authentic. They're not just putting on a face. This isn't just a show. And, and two, he wrestled with the right questions, with what everybody mm-hmm. was wrestling with. You know, there was nothing off the table. It wasn't your stereotypical, well, this is what this fits into the the parameters of faith. And so this is what he's going to talk about. I mean, he did everything from movie, book reviews. And if he liked it, he said it. If he didn't, he, d- he didn't. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. There's something real about that. He'll say two things are needed. One is you have to be Um, knowledgeable about whatever it is you're talking about, and second, passionate about whatever it is you're talking about. And that's what makes things work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, to go back to Catholics, to celebrities who are Catholic for a second, there's a small movie that Bonnie Hunt made, who's who's a Chicago Catholic, right? And it's called Return to Me. It's Carol O'Connor's last movie, so who Mm. played Archie Bunker. And it's it's about a, a young woman who receives a heart transplant, and, okay, spoiler alert, if you're going to watch the movie, just fast forward about t- two minutes and you'll miss whatever I'm about to say. Uh, we'll even wait. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, the donor of the heart that she receives as a heart transplant comes from this guy's wife, and she ends up meeting this guy, and they end up falling in love. So that's that's the spoiler alert. But it's Carol O'Connor's last movie, and he plays her grandfather, and he walks into a church on the day she's having the operation, and he prays to his favorite saint, St. Michael. And he says, you know, uh, and he has an Irish burg, and so I'll, I'll try my best to guess. Uh, Michael, you know, he said, some people don't think that you're a great saint, but I think you're a great saint because you're a fighter. So fight for us now, Michael. Fight for us with all your might. And he goes on and on and on in, in this prayer. I was like, you know, that was really beautiful and a really beautiful Catholic moment. And a lot of, like, her TV series also has passed this, I thought like what it meant for her to be Catholic and to and how that like went into the rhythms of her daily life yeah. as opposed to something really extraordinary, you know, where she was really being, um, you know, talking about how this just works for her and in, in, in her own family and her own life. So I, I really like her as mm-hmm. um, a Catholic celebrity, yeah. I think there's also uh, danger in the Catholic celebrity yeah, that's business right. that you you never want too many people to like you too much because – then you could start believing you're something more than you are, you and go. then it could turn really bad. And there's a number of priests who have been Catholic celebrities who I think you get there, the devil starts saying, all right, I'm going to go after this guy, and then crash and burn. It looks really ugly. So it's really important to keep your humility, even if your uh, people are recognizing you. Um, yeah, I, I, I... I'm very aware of all that. Even us doing this podcast. Yeah, it's that's like, right. Let's, let's stay grounded. Yeah, I was going to say that. I think that we keep each other grounded in, in this, all of our colleagues here and you and I who you know, are here most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we try not to get let our heads get too big with any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, without endorsing anybody necessarily, you know, some of the podcasts I listen to, and, and, I, and again, I take what's valuable and I leave the rest. So I, li- I like – 
uh, Father Mike Schmidt's stuff and Ascension. I think he's really great. On Sirius XM, my, my buddy Father Dave Dwyer, um, I really like. Lena Ruli is, I think, hysterically funny on the, on the Catholic Channel. Um, and then I like the, the podcast Jesuitical that's out of America Magazine, the young lay editors of America. So they're not Jesuits. They work with the Jesuits. Um, I think they have some some good and smart things, and they have really good guests and things along those lines. I don't agree with everything they say all the time, but most of the time I think that they that they, they make some interesting points that I like to that kind of open up a conversation, so I like them for that reason. Um, what about you guys? Are there guys out there that you follow that um, – I don't listen to a lot of Catholic podcasts. I read from Catholic yeah. journals, and I um, I watch some videos from time to time. But I think in terms of Catholic celebrities, it's more musicians that I listen to yeah. um, or people that I follow on Instagram, like Mark Wahlberg. That's how I know he wakes up at 4 in the morning. He's yeah, like, right. I'm getting ready for a new movie. I've gained weight or I've lost weight or I grew a mustache. <laughs> uh, he's an interesting guy. He is. Yeah. I like yeah. him. Mark, yeah. And he used to be Marky Mark, and he hates being called Marky Mark, yeah, so we does. just call him Mr. Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg has a car dealership in town and Wahlbergers just on Ontario there, so the Cleveland connection. Yeah, it's funny. I, so I, 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 I don't have anyone specific that I that I hone in on regularly. Um, I think I'd shared before, most of the folks that I hang out with are not Catholic. So it's mm-hmm. what's interesting is that I, I tend to point them in certain directions. Um, I love this. I think this would be a great, a great podcast title. I, I don't know. Because uh, I find myself oftentimes when there are some probing questions saying, yeah, I don't know, but let, let's look into it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there, there's a – it's sort of like question of faith in many ways. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I – I, most of the people that we've spoken about, I, I've got some kind of connections to, at least in whether listening to them, um, maybe through music or some of, some of their work. Uh, I do read a lot as well, but but um, yeah, I, I, I I'm always interested to see how how I guess to step back and see the inf- how the influence is impacting the culture. And for for the people who who I'm often around, they're not the Catholics. They're not you know they so they tend it tends to be. Uh, more often good, where there's probing questions, where it's something stirred up inside of them, and then we can have a good conversation about it. So. Yeah, exactly. I, I should say I follow Pope Francis pretty carefully, and <laughs> yeah, his, sure. his Twitter is often on fire, yeah, and he great. has great little prayers, yeah. insights. I love the attention he pays to Our Lady. You know, whenever he visits mm-hmm. a church, he always drops off a bouquet of flowers at, at Mary Major uh, Basilica in Rome. And I love how he talks so frankly and openly about the evil one, the devil. And even our own Bishop Molesic currently is putting out daily Lenten reflections on his Twitter yeah. handle that are quite good. And they're, it's not, they're not too long either. In the Catholic Twitterverse, two people that I follow that I think are really good. John, John Grosso is the director of communications for the Diocese of Bridgeport. Um, which is Bishop Cassiano's, if you're familiar with him, uh, that's his diocese. And and John's a really smart guy. Um, went to Boston College and Notre Dame, I think, for communication stuff. Um, he must and, be conflicted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, seriously. Like that's Truly. a really good point. Yeah. Like during football season, he has no idea who to root for, <laughs> um, or basketball season for that matter. But um, 
but John's a really smart guy, and I think he has a lot of really fun and good things to say about the church, and he's always, like, on top of the news. So I always uh, look to him to say, you know, and he kind of points people in the right direction. He doesn't really offer his his own opinion all the time. He also hosts another podcast with my friend who works for the Bishop's Conference, uh, Paul Jarzembaski, on Disney parks called This Happy Podcast because they love to go to Disney parks. It's really weird, right? That, but it's, there's a lot of people who like that. I've never been. Yeah. I, I've been to I've been to it, but it's not my thing. But oh, um, I recommend they, they it, it to my buddies. I didn't know. Yeah, they love it. Um, and then you know, Father Michael Natrum, I I interviewed him here during a week for life, talking about um, when the vaccine was was an issue, and he's a, a a pretty good following on Twitter, and he's very active on it. And I think that he has a lot of really smart things to say. He's a priest of the Providence Diocese. Mm-hmm. Um, but he studied with a lot of our priests here in Cleveland That's at true. Steubenville. Yeah. yeah, Koopman and Ott are good friends with him. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he's a good he's uh, he's off Twitter currently during Lent. Oh right, That's so right. Yeah, yeah, he he I, I gave a, a a talk at a in Rhode Island a few years back, and we got together for some lunch at uh, at a Mediterranean place and ate falafel and those grape covered. Um, Great things that are they're, they're, they're a little sour but yeah. he said they're good here and they were good there mm-hmm. yeah Mike Najem <laughs> Father Mike Najem good man good man and so let's take a look at a church St. Wendelin and we've got some events coming up there right yes yeah. I should say St. Wendelin is the parish where I was baptized ah. it's been around since I want to say 1903 and it was established as a parish for Slovak immigrants well, my grandparents were Slovak immigrants so yeah we have some events going on if you're not familiar with downtown Cleveland. So most people know Ohio City, Westside Market's there. Most people know Tremont. Um, you have a lot of great restaurants and bars there and churches. But in between those two is a little community known as Duck Island. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, it was the forgotten community, but now it's really building up. And St. Wendelin is the heart of Duck Island. So we have, yes, quite a few events coming up for College Student Night Out, April 10th, Palm Sunday. Bishop Molesic's going to be there. Um, College students from all our campuses, both state and Catholic, and our seminaries. 5 p.m. Mass, followed by uh, dinner and a concert with Tom Evanchuk. You need to sign up online for that. And then this summer, uh, this is breaking news. August 4th, the Hillbilly Thomists will be playing a free concert at St. Wendelin's that night. We're going to make that a big evangelical event. It's going to be awesome. Very nice. And for Scripture this week, the fifth Sunday of Lent, the Gospel is the woman caught in adultery. I always like to ask the question, what was Jesus writing in the ground? During the wind caught in adultery. One scripture scholar I know said that he was writing the names of all the men who had been with the women who was caught in adultery, which I thought mm. was an interesting uh, take on that. I've heard the other is he was writing the sins that all the those around yeah. had committed. Um, I, the question I like to ask, or at least to consider, is: Imagine you were caught in the in the very worst sin you ever committed and then were exposed publicly in front of your community what would you feel like then mm. okay now you understand where this woman is see how it is that jesus treats her mm. yeah that is yeah. how he will treat you as well mm. Mm. and does treat you yeah yes. that's right mm-hmm. exactly and then that's how he wants you to treat other people mm-hmm. amen yeah hallelujah All right, so we did a great job with our Catholic celebrities and celebrities who are Catholic. If you have a question, give us a shout by emailing us, mhays at dioceseofcleveland.org. If you send us an audio file, we'll use your voice on the air. And we'll have all this and more on another Question of Faith.